A few weeks ago, Reverend Marshall Cook was kind enough to preach while I was gone, and he unpacked the verses from the Sermon on the Mount that deal with charity and prayer and fasting. And in that section are the well-known verses that we call the Lord's Prayer. But I asked Marshall to skip talking about that prayer in particular because I wanted us to look at it together today on the day when we welcome in new members. Remember that this Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's explanation of what it means to live in God's kingdom. Not simply by following the Old Testament law, but by interpreting the principles of the law for the situations that we face now. The words of the scriptures come alive for each generation in new ways as we read them in new situations. They mean something different to us than what they've meant to our ancestors in the past. And these are not black and white rules that we have in the Sermon on the Mount. These are an invitation to live as free and responsible people, trying to reflect God in a world that has drifted very far from God's original plan. So let us listen now in the reading of scripture for the word and the wisdom of God. Scripture reading, Matthew 6, 7, 15. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like babies, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's the word of God. Thanks be to God. And now we invite all is that our God is not a magic machine. And our prayers are not magic spells. God is not waiting for us to say exactly the right thing in the right way, the right number of times, in order to give us what we want. Because that's not what you do to people that you love. Truthfully, what happens as a result of our prayers is still a mystery to me. Does God not work if I don't pray? Do my prayers change God's mind? Do my prayers change me? Am I releasing energy into the universe? I honestly, I don't know for sure. And what I think might be changes from day to day. Here's what I do know. I know that the words that I say have power and meaning for me I believe my own words more than I believe anyone else's. And I bet a lot of you are the same way. 
What you say to yourself, whether it's in your head or out loud, you believe that more than what other people say to you. Because my own words are this fascinating mixture of what I already believe and what I'm willing to believe. This means that even when I'm not sure what's happening on God's end, I know that something is happening on my end when I pray. Let's be clear. I think something is happening on God's end. I just have no idea exactly what that is or how it works. But I know something's happening on my end. I am declaring what I believe to be true already. And I'm giving voice to things that I think might be possible. And so it's really powerful then when we all pray together, when we all voice the same words together. As Miss Mary said, this well-known litany that we call the Lord's Prayer or the Prayer of Our Savior or the Our Father, this thing has power in it. This is not a prayer for me about me. This is a prayer for us about us and the whole world. And that's what I want us to think about today as we get ready to welcome in new members to our community. What happens when we pray this prayer together, which some of us have done literally thousands of times in our lives? When we pray this prayer together, we declare what we believe to be true. We believe that God loves us as a parent and that everything that God is, is sacred. We trust that God is somehow involved in providing for us, again, not magically, but that every good thing in our lives has its source in God and that God has our best, best interests at heart. We believe that God is forgiving, not holding our worst moments against us. We trust that God has an intention for the world to ultimately reveal God's kingdom here on earth for all things to one day fall in line with the way God intended them to be. That's what we believe. We declare that when we pray this prayer. And when we pray this prayer together, we also give voice to what we believe is possible. We believe it is possible for the power of love to overcome the love of power as the world is restored to God's original dream. We believe that it's possible in the world for everyone to have enough to eat, not through hoarding it, but through trusting and sharing. We believe that it is possible for us to let go of the grudges that we carry and extend forgiveness just as we remember we've been forgiven. And we believe it is possible in our hardest, most tempting, most trying moments for us to find a well of God's strength in us. We believe that is possible. And so to pray this prayer is not only to ask God to do these things, but to declare our willingness to be involved in what God is doing. I recently have not seen God magically providing daily bread. Not a lot of manna coming down from heaven. But if the resources exist, and they do, 
It is within our power to pay attention to who is hungry and to share to make sure that people are fed. And when we pray this prayer, we commit ourselves to doing that. Forgiveness. It doesn't happen magically. And it doesn't happen easily. But we have the power to recognize that we are holding grudges and to make the strong and brave choice to let them go. Our trust in God doesn't put us in a bubble. It doesn't stop hard things from coming our way, does it? But when we are tempted or we face trials, we still get to choose how to respond. And when we pray this prayer, when we hear ourselves say these words out loud, we choose to lean into our trust in God. That's what that word faith means. It means trust. We choose to be vulnerable enough to ask for help from other people and not just from God. And we are already much more likely to do that if we've heard ourselves say those things out loud. The world is in desperate need of people who are willing to step outside their own comfort zones and get involved in someone else's life. We live very insulated and individualized lives here as Americans. And frankly, that's not the way Jesus lived, and it's not the way of the gospel. This fall, Nancy Townley's leading a small group, a book study on a book called The Art of Neighboring. And if you're willing to begin taking steps towards a a more community-oriented way of life, I hope that you'll check out this book group. It's a fantastic book. The world needs God's people to be good neighbors. The world needs kingdom people. And the only reason to come to church is to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to live as kingdom people in the world. That's the only reason to show up here. That's what we're doing. God does not need us to defend the institution of the church in the world. But God does need us to be people who are committed to living out God's kingdom in the world. And it would be exceptionally hard to do that alone. But we absolutely can do it together. And as we welcome in seven new members this morning, that's what we're doing. We're growing our opportunity to live as kingdom people in the world because we're growing our network of support and encouragement and resources and ideas and power and motivation. And this morning we remember that membership at a church is like being a member of a family. It's not like being a member of a club. When a family gets a new member, like a new baby, or someone marries into the family, that new member does not just assimilate to the family's way of doing things, especially not with a new baby. The family changes because the new member has come into it. And so while our new members today will learn some of this family's traditions, we will also be changed by them, and that is such a gift to us. We welcome their different perspectives. 
We will listen to their wisdom. We will grow and change because of the gifts that they bring us. Church membership is not about who's in and who's out. It's about who wants to be in a relationship for the good of the world. In church, we're invited to share life with people who are different from us theologically, politically, racially, economically, sexually. And when we choose to be together in those differences, even when we disagree, praise the Lord, we grow in grace and we grow in love and we grow in humility. And this is the beautiful invitation of church membership.